Hello, everybody. This is Bill Cameron from The Drive. Podcasts of The Drive are presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors, now hiring for great-paying, skilled trade positions. Call 334-209-6355 to learn more. Thanks for listening. Is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome in. It is the Friday edition of The Drive. Dan Peck in the studio. Drew at the controls. As always, doing a capable job uh, with uh, the important buttons. Uh, We've got Bill Cameron, who will be joining us shortly. I believe he is caught in Auburn traffic, but he will be... Is that him? Is that him racing into the? Uh, I think Bill Cameron might be pulling in right now, so we'll we'll have Bill Cameron uh, in the uh, in the captain's chair momentarily, assuredly with a story about uh, a driver or two uh, in the uh, in in the area. But we'll have uh, we'll, we'll have Bill uh, here uh, in in just a uh, in just a moment. Uh, we've got a got a busy show, right? We've got Dylan Cardwell, uh, Jacob went and uh, Jacob talked to Dylan Cardwell earlier today. Tiger takes uh, that that's uh, that that's. Uh, uh, postponed uh, from yesterday. Uh, we, we've got the special Friday edition of Tiger Takes. Uh, we've also got. Uh, we, we're gonna, I think we're going to talk with Don Dunn. I think we're going to talk with uh, we, what we've got on, uh, on on today's show. We got Don Dunn. We got we, or we don't have Don Dunn. How about Sonny? We got Sonny Smith. We should have Sonny. All right, we should have Sonny Smith. Bill Cameron in the studio now, confirming uh, what, uh, what what today could look like. So. Uh, Cardwell, we, yeah, we got the Cardwell interview uh, with, with Jacob. We've got Sonny Smith. Is there anything else uh, on the uh, on, on the menu today, or is that is, does that uh, does that does, does that uh, complete? I think yeah, guests? I think that's pretty much it. Sorry about that. Yeah, I got no, uh, good. I got uh, caught up in in traffic and then uh, then realized I hadn't had anything to eat today. Oh, that's fine. I got yeah. I got, Can't I got you famished. I got, yeah, I mean, so I, I grabbed a couple of things and then got absolutely stuck trying to get here. But no, Don was on the other day when you were out, and he said uh, they're headed, um, they're headed out of town. They're uh, so he's unavailable today. So I mean, he more than made up for it by by being here no, all, no, we love all day last Friday. It's I, great having him. And can I say because I feel guilty about leaving you by yourself on days where Troy oh, that's takes right. me away from the show. I, I just want to say. On the air publicly, and I've said it to him uh, privately as well. Really, thank you to Coach Don Dunn. For oh his, yeah, for his absolutely. I've, to the, uh, I've told to, to him the show. How, how much it means for for him to do that, and I know he he enjoys doing it. But uh, and I told buy him some, we'll, we'll hey, call him back again. You know what? Buy some meat from Coach Don Dunn this holiday season, <laughs> and uh, and and say and say the drive sent you, and and as a way as a way of saying thank you because it, and you know what it's worth it isn't it Bill you know offer, oh absolutely offer, offer a little endorsement there yeah because that's something that I know even before Don Dunn was contributing to the drive that's something that that you indulged in uh, during oh, yeah. uh, dur- during the holidays yeah so uh, what all's what all's going on today I mean I know obviously we'll we'll uh, look at basketball about, tomorrow yeah well how, how about that how are you feeling about tomorrow's basketball game I don't know I mean it's going to be an interesting challenge for Auburn because uh, one of the things all right. Going into the season, we were concerned a little bit about Auburn's defense and how they would handle physical teams. I think defensively, they had played better than we expected. 
They have, they've struggled probably a little more than we thought they would shooting the ball. But I think the defense has been good, but they really haven't played a team that has been bigger and more physical than Auburn. They will tomorrow. Indiana, Indiana is, is uh, um, that they are a Big Ten team. And you, you, you think of big, physical, you, maybe not as athletic. We'll find out about that. Hopefully, Auburn has the advantage in athleticism and Auburn, quickness. Auburn started out hot. I would say that, that uh, I mean, you could argue Baylor, obviously, but I would think that Virginia Tech was among the more physical teams that Auburn has played this season. And Indiana seems to be. And Indiana yeah, that's is, probably right. Indiana's close to Virginia Tech in some of the uh, some of the rankings that they use for the net. You know, some of, some of the, the formulas there have them. I think they're both in the 50 to – 50 to 75, 50 to 80 range, depending on which which service is uh, is, is looking at them. So that game was at, at Neville Arena, not in Atlanta. Uh, but this is a uh, yeah, I think I think this is another uh, this is another matchup by Bruce Pearl. This is another game that Bruce Pearl has, uh, has scheduled and his and his staff have scheduled uh, that will help Auburn get ready for conference play because you can you can schedule winnable games, obviously. You know you can you can schedule you can pad the schedule in November and December with wins that get your team uh, confidence, but it might not get them ready for what they're going to see early in conference play, especially if the conference schedule is daunting. I think for Auburn, you've got A and M and Arkansas the first week of SEC play, and you want to be ready. Uh, we, I think Dylan last week, Dylan Cardwell said. You don't want your first road game to be Bud Walton. You don't want your first taste of a right. of a hostile atmosphere to be an SEC game to to open league play in in January. So I think it's it's smart by by, by Coach Pearl to schedule games like at App State, games like uh, games where Auburn has to get on a plane to go to places like South Dakota or or New York. And, and familiarize themselves with a, a road schedule and neutral site uh, types of atmospheres, big NBA arenas, things like that. So I, no, I think it's I think he's done a good job, at least with the schedule. I think they've done a really good job of giving Auburn a mixture of styles, a mixture of uh, of, of atmospheres, a mixture of uh, of, of uh, you know the places and levels of opponent from mid-major to, to major conference. So, no, I, I think this is – it seems like a schedule that would get a team ready, and Indiana is another team. I would say physically, Bill, Indiana is – at least, how about this, talent-wise, Indiana seems comparable to a middle-of-the-pack <laughs> SEC team or better. And yeah, so, I would think so. I would think, you know, not a, not a bottom right. half of the SEC and team so, by and, any means. And so that gets you – I think, I think a, a game like that at a neutral site helps get you ready for – uh, for SEC play, and and you know with with that coming a couple of weeks later, so yeah, I'm I'm excited to see. You know, it it does appear like the big question on the court's going to be if Indiana's defense loads up the paint and dares. Oh, we were talking about it yesterday. Mm-hmm. If Indiana's right. defense loads up the paint and says we're going to shut down Janai, we're going to shut down Jalen around the basket. Do you still try to work it inside, or or do you try to shoot over that with three pointers? Indiana has let their previous couple of conference opponents attempt a lot of three-pointers and try to try to win the game that way Michigan and Maryland both shot the three-point shot poorly right. against Indiana 
you know, I, I think Indiana's going to be perfectly content saying, you know what, Auburn, at least early, they're going to say, you know what, Auburn, hit some open threes against a defense that's really willing to stay around the basket and shut down Janai and see if you can see if you can force us closer to the to the perimeter. Have have you watched Indiana? I have not. I've seen highlights of the last two conference games, and I watched a little bit early in the season. I saw the Florida Gulf Coast game, which, you know, Indiana trailed uh, in that game and had to come back. I saw Indiana's rally in the second half really early in the season. But, no, I have not watched an Indiana game live. In uh, I, well, well, I just wondered because <clears throat> the op- opponents are not shooting the three well. Are they just sagging back in, or because they have the size inside – are they able to play a little more aggressively on the perimeter? That's what I'm wondering. And, uh, and you know, Aiden Holloway has struggled lately. Obviously, Auburn has struggled the last couple of ball games. Five for 43 over the last two games. I believe 19 for 91 over the last four games. I know the Maryland coach lamented, you know, not, not, not making them. Yeah, not Yeah, not and Auburn had some open looks, looks the other night yeah, against I mean, App State and couldn't make them the other day against right. App State. I mean, so, so I think this is a uh, – no, I mean, we'll, yeah, we'll see how much of that is the strategy and how much of that's Maryland being able, like you said, Indiana being able to trust their defense uh, and and not have to overplay in the paint. I would just expect a team uh, to, uh, to to really key in on on Janai and Jalen, right? Or especially Janai. Sure, especially as- Janai. Janai is, I mean, you look, he's uh, Auburn's leading scorer by a large margin. I mean, he's um, and that's, one of the one of the better rebounders in the SEC. And that's and he's he's you know Auburn's leading scorer and one of Auburn's leaders in field goal percentage. And that's with a three point shot around twenty six and a half percent right now. If he heats up from three, you know that could really change the way defenses play him. I would think Janai especially. You would think okay, well if he wants to if he wants to shoot an open or even a contested three, like that's a much better outcome defensively than than some other things that could happen. Even if it goes in, it's a low percentage thing at the moment. Could change. Uh, you know, I, I still like, we were saying yesterday, uh, even even with the numbers what they are, I look at Janai and Chad Baker-Mazzara and Katie Johnson as guys who, you know, if they get open perimeter shots, it, it feels like, you know, Auburn, Auburn needs to challenge defenses by taking those and, and hitting them. The answer isn't, Bruce said this, right? The answer isn't, Backing away from shooting three pointers. No, it's going ahead and, and shooting them with confidence. And and you know to open the season, Janai hit a couple early on, and it looked like oh this is uh, this is really going to add to his game. Let's face it, I mean Auburn shot the ball. Everybody shot the ball pretty well the first couple of games. They just haven't the last few. It, it seems like more and more in college basketball, what you see after a team shoots the three point shot poorly in a game is they come out and they say, hey, we're going to keep shooting threes and we're going to try to make some. And if it if it results in another bad night from three, that's what happens. But you you don't really see teams say, "All right, well, let's let's really throttle back on the number of three point shots we take." It's more about, like Bruce said, you gotta you gotta shoot them and you gotta shoot them with confidence. Oh, that's absolutely right. Uh, so that's coming up tomorrow. Big day for the SEC and, and fun games tomorrow in uh, in college basketball. As you know, it'll also be, and we'll we'll get into this in a little while. It will be a big day for football recruiting. Auburn has uh, quite a few players coming in. High school and junior college players can sign in 12 days, two weeks from this past Wednesday. The 20th is the beginning of the, quote, early signing period, which is really the main signing period now. But transfer portal players are also visiting, and Auburn will have both coming in this weekend. We can, uh, we'll look at some of those that are coming in. 
This so, is this a big official visit weekend? Yes, for, it is for, for players who saved them for. Yeah, even well, it's not. It's probably not the biggest. I mean, most players have taken their official visits. Some players that Auburn has been able to get in on that may have been looking at other places though. Would like to go ahead and come in. You you really only have since since you have the twentieth. You only have one weekend when there'll be bowl practice that you could bring them in, and that would be next weekend. But for some of these players, you'd like to get them in as quickly as possible, try to make that impression as uh, as you head up toward signing date on the 20th. Yeah, a player I'm trying to learn more about uh, is uh, is the Georgia State receiver, uh, Lewis, right? Because that, mm-hmm. that seems Robert, like a guy. Isn't it, Robert Lewis? I believe, uh, yeah, that, that's correct. And that's a guy who Auburn, um, you know, almost immediately, right, it felt like Auburn was, uh, was, was linked to uh, – uh, to to Lewis now now Marcus came over from Georgia Southern not Georgia State right. but would have been would have been in the league uh, at the same time uh, Lewis was as a uh, as a receivers coach for for a different team but this is a yeah th- this is a player who who made an impact at Georgia State was a, was a third team All Conference guy and we've talked about Auburn looking at a couple of veteran options a couple of uh, incoming freshmen you know I, I wonder what the number is they look at as okay this is how many scholarship receivers. You know, we sort of imagine the team to have when the dust settles in the portal and after signing day. I mean, what would you what would you think the number of scholarship receivers? What do you think is is a reasonable target of Auburn wants this many when the team goes through spring practice? I think they want at least ten. Okay, right now you have five who are right now you have five. There's no guarantee all five of those are still going to be right, here. Right now you have five that have not gone into the portal mm-hmm. or announced that they're going into the NFL draft who have eligibility remaining. I mean, you would love to have twelve, but I think they need at least ten. It's, it's currently, they have four. Did, did Coleman four make, committed? Coleman makes four, four committed. Okay, mm-hmm. and then uh, so Lewis would if if Auburn landed Lewis, they'd be looking at. Ten with no defections. That, that's, right. That's ten with the with, with the other five intact. So I, I don't. Uh, yeah, I, I would expect that's a position where, and you know, like we were saying yesterday, there's there are a few positions on the team where I feel like Auburn feel you know Auburn says okay we we can just stand pat and and feel feel like we can we can just run it back with with the group we have slated to return right now. There they could be looking. I mean, what what's the What's the number of scholarship players, Bill? What do you have on your? I'm down to. Let's see. I believe there have been a couple changes since the last time. Uh, you... Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, with with Marquise Gilbert yesterday, I, I've got 58. Okay. Right now, now that doesn't include. It's actually 60 uh, because I don't know about Marcus Harris or Eugene Asante. 58. That does not include the commitments, that, right? No, that doesn't include any of the commitments right. because so, the commitments haven't signed. Exactly. I'm, I'm not putting them Nor down. Should you? <coughs> you? Excuse me. You pencil those guys in for the time being. How, how many? How many commitments are, are there at the at the moment? Uh, Nineteen, I believe. Because so Auburn would still have plenty of room in the portal. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. That 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 uh, leaves you eight short if there are no more defections, no more losses anywhere. So you've got room. Yes, you have room. Oh, that does that does give you a number maybe of how many Auburn could be looking to add in the portal. Maybe you eight, think Auburn's eight, done with players going into the portal? I don't. Eight to twelve maybe could be the you know and and, and maybe. Auburn's had eight players go in. I think there will be at least another four or five. Okay, so if, if I so that would that would get you to twelve more high school and transfer portal players that they could bring in easily. I would think. Do you think if I if I said Auburn is going to have eight to twelve? Incoming 
transfer portal players on the team in January, would you say that's a low number? Or do you, do you, think, do you think the number will be... 8 to 12 transfer portal eight, players? Eight to, 8 to 12 players who join the team via that, the portal. I, I, that's lower than I would have said a few months ago. <clears throat> I'd be surprised if Auburn brought in 12 transfer portal players now. Okay. So, but... I think I think it will be ten or less. Okay, so I, mean, I think so, they. So on the I think they're in the of, process of trying to add more high schoolers. What right if I said now. six to ten? Uh, probably, okay. I, I, I'd, I'd say closer to ten. I'd say somewhere eight to ten. Okay, it's probably. Uh, um, you know, they may go a little more than that, just depending on the room that they feel they may have. And obviously, they know better than than we do. We're speculating. Well, you know, you look at the roster and you see some guys that. I uh, haven't gotten a lot of playing time, and you figure, well, they're probably going into the portal, but that doesn't that that doesn't really mean anything. Just I don't know if somebody, you know, the coaches may feel like, well, something was holding them back this year, and and they they may get that opportunity. A lot of this is going to depend on what happened in those meetings between the players and Hugh Freeze when it was laid out to them. Here's where you stand. Here's what the future looks like. You know, so who are the? We'll so, see. So we, we've talked about Var maybe as someone who is still still waiting to hear what he's going to do via the NFL draft. Yeah, I'd not seen anything until yesterday. Yesterday, I saw a couple of posts that Jay Fair maybe maybe uh, considering entering the portal. The, okay, the portal with, with Var. I was said well. The, the reason I said Var was because Var is one of several players that we're waiting to hear what he's going to do with the NFL draft. Right. I would say Marcus. We're waiting on a decision. Although I think a lot of people assume. Marcus is going into the draft. Keontae, we're waiting on a decision. Absolutely, yeah. And and that's funny because, I mean, it was two days ago that it seemed like, oh, there's that announcement about to happen. I, you know and what? it's been since Wednesday. And unless, I mean, something may have happened this afternoon. I've been, uh, I've been hanging outdoor decorations I most spent of the day. Much, I spent much of the season thinking Keontae Scott was going to the NFL, even even, even with, with the, the injury? Even with the injury, although, because I feel like he's a guy who could impress with what he's done uh, thus far. But, look, I've, been, I've he, he sounds like a case of a player who could bet on himself and make a lot of money by improving his draft stock from one year to the next. If he came back to Auburn, had a great, healthy season, Jason was talking about him maybe as an outside corner. Like, I am convinced of that. I would also understand him deciding to go into the NFL right now. Uh, so, so Marcus, Keontae, uh, Dylan Wade, right? Like, wait, waiting on? Maybe. Uh, we'll see. I mean, no, waiting on a decision. Yeah, I mean, that's true. But, I mean, if a player's not going anywhere, you don't have, he doesn't have to say anything. Right. I mean, if true. he's not, you know. No, uh, and I, and I would think he's somebody who might be if he goes through bowl practice, you might have a pretty good idea that he's oh, sitting yeah, around yeah. too. Like yeah, I, so and and that and that I guess gets started on Monday. I haven't haven't really seen any uh haven't seen an update as to when bowl practice gets started. I think Dylan Wade is enough of a name that if he decides to come back for another year, he should like you know, if he if he wanted to say so in some way, it would be understandable. He did talk about the NFL couple of times in, right. in his reasoning to, for for coming to Auburn. Didn't necessarily say he was just going to play one year. At Auburn, would you be surprised if if Auburn looked at Dylan Wade? I know we got to take a break. Uh, would you be surprised if Auburn uh, looked at Dylan Wade more as a, as an inside guy, uh, depending on who they bring in? Well, depending like, on who, depending on who they can get, I think um, you know a lot of folks feel like for the next level, he's more a guard. He's more suited to guard than tackle. 
but he's more than adequate at tackle as well. So just depending on the best best player you can get there on the offensive line. We'll get to our first break. Love for you to join in. You can do so by giving us a call on the Drive Hotline presented by Skybar. That number, 334-321-1390. You can also text the show, 334-564-1840 on the Drive text box. Presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. They also sponsor the podcast. Come on in and join us. We'll talk with uh, Sonny Smith at around the bottom of this hour. But uh, until then and then after, phone lines are open. Big, so come on big, in. Big, big college football coaching news when we come back, too. How about that? A big, a big right. when we come back. Stick with us here on The Drive. Chandler to drive. Call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Well, it's gonna take that. Welcome back into the drive here on this yeah. Friday afternoon. Do you, do you want to go with the international? Yeah, I, I, well, or, like I said, I've regional. been out of touch. I've been I've been putting outdoor decorations Great. up. Yeah. And I, I had I had seen you know, when I when I took a break to take a shower a while ago, that Otani was close to a decision. I see now that uh, people are saying it's, he's headed north of the border, eh? I'll tell you what. So the belief is <laughs> the belief is that it leaked out earlier today that the Dodgers learned they were out of it because a lot of this is coming from Dodgers beat writers or Dodgers uh, adjacent writers, and so it's a belief that. Earlier today or late last night, the Dodgers were maybe informed that they were not going to be Otani's team, and people are taking that to believe that Otani is going to the Toronto Blue Jays, and it's just a matter of time before it's announced by one or both parties. There has not been an announcement yet. It's just it's sort of okay. it's sort of process of elimination that if the Dodgers aren't getting Otani, the belief is that Toronto is the team that will. And so, how many people really believe that he would go? To the Jays. It was, you know what? It was, I, you know, especially with the. I mean, I'd heard all that, but did you really think that that was possible? No, I did not. You'd heard West Coast teams too, right? You heard there was this. Yeah, well, I figured major markets. Well, Tor- and Toronto is. I know that, but I thought Chicago or New York or even Atlanta, if it's outside, though, if it's not the West Coast. And apparently, one thing that's happened with the Raptors uh, is that. Uh, if you, I guess, if a team has success, it can sort of take on all of Canada as its as its market, and it's a pretty big country. But that, that's a um, no. It's a, it's a it's a curious move, but I'm sure there are economics behind it that makes sense for Shohei Otani as far as. Oh, the I'm sure of, of that. I don't. You know what I don't know is the number of Japanese expats in Toronto. Like yeah. how many? Yeah, how many, I is, have is no idea. A, is there a big? You know, I, I'm guessing there is. A big population of people who have moved from Japan or, uh, you know, have Japanese ancestry living in and around the Toronto yeah, area. Yeah, you would think. It could be. And, and and I know New York is close by, which is also, you know, it's, it, you got to cross a border. But still, like, that's something that it does it does open them up to people on the East Coast who can travel to Canada if they want to go see them. But, yeah, no, it was a surprise. Not the team that uh, w- was necessarily thought of as the team to beat for Shohei Otani's services. If it's true that he's going to the Blue Jays, I'm crushed as a Greystone owner. Right, because I wanted, I wanted us to know yeah, what nobody, to do. Nobody in our league is going to have him. No, I wanted to know what to do with a player like Otani in a league like ours. I wanted to know what the bidding would look like with a player like Otani. Ah, uh, come on, in you, a you, like you, you ours. also thought he was going to the Dodgers. Your sure, Dodgers, but I mean, I mean but, but even even if he'd chosen a different National League team, I was worried about the uh, you know I, I was I was worried about the the Cubs uh, earlier the, the, this off season maybe making a move. So no, it, it's uh, 
Uh, it's 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 a a surprise, but if Otani indeed chooses the Jays, what a coup for that no franchise! Kidding. You know what a what a huge moment for Toronto sports to get a uh, to get an athlete like that uh, playing uh, playing baseball in uh, in Toronto. More locally, John Summerall. Yeah, big. You're right. Big college news. Uh, I'd I'd heard earlier today that Tulane uh, had targeted John Summerall. And that Troy was doing everything they could to try to counter the offer, but Tulane just with more resources. Yeah, Tulane is one of the better. Where would you where would you put Tulane on the if you, if as far as all things considered, group of five jobs is Tulane in the? Well, I'd I'd rather be at Tulane than Vandy. No, no, sure, but I mean, I mean, I'm among, just saying among that, other jobs in the group of well, I, I know like, I mean, they're I, they're like they're not a, bad. I mean, Central Florida is uh, well, they're not well, a the group Big Twelve five anymore. Yeah, yeah. Well, so I mean, they're they're up there. The directional Florida schools, right? And so, you know, I mean, you figure SMU, Dallas, uh, they're, they're leaving too. They're, I know. They're, they're, I mean, so so Tulane is they they've got to be up there. Yeah, I, I would think that Tulane is one of the uh, you know for 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 a variety of reasons, it's one of the better group of five jobs. Uh, it's it's in the top echelon of that in uh, in college football, and now I mean it's it's a, I think it's got to hurt Troy. To, oh yeah, to no lose. no question, and 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 it's a situation where you felt like he's probably he's going to get a group he's going to get a Power Five offer soon, but uh, th- this is probably just too good an offer yeah. for him to refuse. Congra- and, he, and he's been there before. Congratulations, he congratulations there. to John Sumrall. It was an outstanding two years at Troy. Uh, I, I think he's going to do great at Tulane. Um, he was, he, he was very, he was very involved with getting his football team to support the men's and women's basketball programs in his two years at Troy. It was, it was a uh, commonplace to see him and his family and the players from his team at the games these, these last couple of years, the, uh, the first year. So he's hired after the 2021 season. So he gets there like early, early 22. So after Troy lost in the. When women's basketball lost in the finals of the Sun Belt tournament in Pensacola, and they they thought they were going to go back to the NCAA tournament, and it was heartbreaking for the team, and it was very very sad bus ride back from Pensacola to Troy, mm-hmm. and we we pulled into Troy that day, and it was raining, and there was like a group of people that were waiting in the parking lot in the rain, you know, cheering the cheering the team and cheering the bus. Oh, that's cool. And one of the people waiting in the rain was John Sumrall, the new coach at Troy, who'd been there just a couple of months, and uh, and he did gestures like that a lot to sort of, you know, he really went above and beyond as uh, as, as Troy's coach, and it, it it showed on the field, like he did not inherit an easy situation, and they did nothing but win in his uh, in his two years as the uh, as as the head coach, so. Yeah, yeah, congrats. twenty games. Yeah, I mean, it, a, a, a remarkable, a remarkable, and, and two conference championships. So, mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, all, all the best to uh, all the best, to John Summerall, and I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure he's going to do great. All right, we'll get to our bottom of the hour break. We'll uh, check in with Coach Sonny Smith on the other side. Stick with us here on the Friday Drive. With Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334 321 1390. Toll free at 888 382 7502 or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. 
Welcome back into the drive here on this Friday afternoon. Well, we checked, and, and Sonny is at a restaurant. So we will uh, we'll let him finish, and we'll have him on around 5. So we've got the 5 o'clock hour is going to be uh, basketball, definitely, with uh, Sonny Smith joining us at uh, right around the top of the hour. And then we normally talk with Dylan Cardwell on Thursdays for Tiger Takes, but uh, things got a little haywire yesterday, and he was unable to be with us. And right now, they're on their way to Atlanta. I believe they're on the bus right now heading to Atlanta for the Hoopsgiving matchup against Indiana tomorrow. So uh, Jacob Goins of On the Line spent a little time with Dylan Cardwell earlier today. We'll run that for you at 530. Sad, sad news. This is not a sports piece, uh, Bill, but I thought you know you might uh, you, you might be familiar with uh, the work of Ryan O'Neill. Sure. Uh, actor who passed away earlier today at the age of 82. Uh, but, but a guy who, yeah, I mean, a, a star uh, for, uh, for, for decades. Uh, I, I'd say if you've never seen Paper Moon, mm-hmm. it's, that's, a, that's a great movie right. with, uh, with, with Ryan and, uh, and, and his daughter uh, Tatum. Tatum, yep. right? And, uh, and there's uh, well, lots of uh, Barry Lyndon, uh, you know, among, among other uh, performances. But, uh, but, yeah, Ryan O'Neill, a guy that I, I, I enjoyed a lot of Ryan O'Neill's work. Sad to hear uh, a, a long... And a, a long and uh, and productive uh, film career, um, among other things that he uh, he accomplished. But yeah, was, uh, 82 years old. Right, rest in peace to uh, to, to Ryan O'Neill. I, I had not seen that, but like I said, I was uh, I was I, I was out of touch most of the day. I thought so. that may, that may not have reached you in the front lawn. While no, you were setting up. No, I mean I I I, I check every once in a while. I, I you know I had like what about ESPN. A, what about a snowman on Husky? Uh, riding around. Well, the problem or, or is, Santa, or using it as Santa's sleigh. I mean, that's cool, but the only problem is, I also have lights <laughs> that I usually put along the walk. And last time I did that, he he did a great job of destroying he my Halloween need, lights. He would need his own yard for it. Yeah, I'd need to need to rewire it so he just stays in the front because I've got like trees that are out front too. I mean, I've got you know what about attaching spiral lit Christmas trees? What about putting a little red nose on Dusty? And oh then, yeah, now and then and then having the Santa a little Santa sleigh behind him that he runs around and chases after because that's a uh, he can pull it he can pull uh, a sleigh, he can probably. he's strong enough he there's no question about that yeah he's uh he he's taking note of p- folks putting up Christmas decorations in the neighborhood oh, is, he t- is he saying hello is he oh coming? yeah he he has it's like what are you doing <laughs> as they're as they're doing that yeah so. Uh, uh, I'm I'm nowhere near done. I just got the I got the uh, framework and everything does, does done your, today. Does your neighborhood uh, tend to go? Uh, oh man, it's much more than used to. Oh, much good. more than usual. I'll, I'll we've we've back. had we've had some uh, younger families move in, and uh, uh, I, I, multiple ones I think are taking advantage of the companies that'll come and decorate. Mentioned uh, <clears throat> so because when I when I look and I see you know roofs that have a lot of lights on them, not quite Griswoldy. But I mean, they've got they've got very impressive lights up on their roof. Then I I'm, I'm I'm like, oh, we need to go ahead and get ours up. Don't look like you know some old Scrooges or something. Did did the uh, did, did, can I I think I can mention this on the air? Did the Callaway Gardens thing last night? You know, which was uh, which, which was, oh yeah, which, which was fun. Saw a uh, saw a live uh, proposal. You know, in, in, oh, in, is in that the right? Wild. Saw someone, yeah, like not. I I didn't. These aren't people I know. It was just like I saw. You know, I was, did they did they like 
I mean, it was during in, in the Christmas Village thing, you know. At, at, at oh, okay, point, I was wondering if you're like driving along not, and not somebody... during the car, not during the car thing, no, in, <laughs> in, the, in the in the in the Christmas Village thing afterward. But no, that, that's a uh, that's a cool thing. And, and every time I see it, Phil, I'm amazed by how many cars and how much traffic is there. And it's like people. Oh yeah. It's not a how about this? It's not a densely populated area. Driving, that no, that is not. In, but but the thing is, it's. There are plenty of people that live around, yeah, it's, you know, within an hour or so. Sure. It's not, you know what? It's not a bad spot for a big event. No, no, it's, it's not. Because it's local to a lot of, mm-hmm. or, or it's, it's close to a lot of, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of different uh, pretty populated areas. But, yeah. Yeah, let's see. I, I was going to see so if happy, I could. So happy holidays, everybody. Yeah, yeah. That, and that's, that's really nice. I mean, it's, uh, we haven't been in, in a while. Probably, probably we will again in the next couple of years when the, uh, when the smallest one. Um, you know, really then, knows what she's looking at instead of just pointing and you know, sort of gibberish oh, stuff. I, you know, yeah, I can't even imagine how much how cool it must be for like you know the 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 smaller yeah the, the little kids you know stuff like that. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. That is the drive hotline presented by Skybar. Love for you to join in. What do you uh you know what do you think about basketball tomorrow? Uh, how are you feeling about Football recruiting, uh, Auburn. I think, I think people really want to see how Auburn responds to a law. I mean, it was one thing when you looked at Baylor and said, "Okay, well, Baylor is a Baylor is a team that might have a top ten, top twenty roster, and that's a tough thing to match up against." App State is not necessarily in that in that class uh, as a as a team. They played well and they did what they needed to do down the stretch to win the game. Uh, but that's a that's a loss that you know, certainly if things spiral, you you can point to it as oh well that was you know that there were there were cracks in the foundation that App State was able to uh, to go after. It's just a matter of can Auburn is is that going to are, are performances like that going to carry over game in game out, or is Auburn going to, as Bruce said, is Auburn going to be able to make some of those shots that that uh, that they weren't able that they weren't hitting against yeah because uh, against I, I I didn't think that all you know all that many of the shots were tremendously contested they sort of they sort of gave Auburn some threes and uh, Auburn had some open looks and couldn't and could not hit them so I mean that's that's not a brilliant strategy well let them shoot I mean if you don't make them I mean but if you're a team that can shoot that's you know you need to adjust a little bit but Auburn's got to show that they can shoot consistently speaking of basketball uh, some news today about the game on december 30th uh did you see this oh yeah i did see that the uh, chattanooga game has been moved to eight o'clock that would allow folks that are coming home from nashville to be able to be back in time for the tip yeah i wonder because the the football game's one o'clock and you would think all right if you can get out of there Four thirty. It's going to be tight, man. Yeah. It's going to be pretty tight. I don't know. You might make it for the second. I may, Bill. I may need your credential that night if you're, yeah. <laughs> if you're back, if you're back in town or not, uh, because that's a uh, no. Yeah, the, the game's at eight. I do wonder if they heard from uh, some folks who wanted to be able to attend both, or maybe it's just about not having them. Maybe both. it's folks who aren't driving. How about this? Maybe it's not wanting them to conflict as a television. Uh, you know, as as a t- what, what, when was the original tip? Was it? I'm thinking it was six. I thought it was. I thought it was even earlier than six. Maybe it's not. But maybe it was, maybe not. Because because uh, I, I had not looked. You know, honestly, I, I don't look too many games ahead. I just sort of look like what's the name next game or two. Uh, I could look on the. I could look on the. Well, I don't know. I don't know where I'd find it now. Uh, maybe on my tickets. 
that I have. Maybe in one of the news stories announcing yeah, the, probably. Uh, the, the move would probably have it. But that's a, uh, no, I think it's a cool thing by Auburn to uh, try to accommodate folks who want to be able to go to both if, uh, if, if that's, uh, if that, what, what is it, what's Nashville, four? Four, four and a half. Yeah, four, four and a half. Right. So, <clears throat> so it's, it, I mean, if you if if the game's three and a half hours and you get out of there as soon as the game ends, you make the second half. M- maybe. Well, four and a half. Four and a half from four yeah, thirty is oh, nine. You're right. you're right. That's nine. That's not eight. Doing some doing doing some numbers in my head there. No, you're right. That that that's still gonna. Yeah, be that's there. what I started thinking. Going well, three hour game. You are fortunate on the way back. That there's nothing slowing you down. You're, you're probably going to be there around maybe, two. Maybe this was made for the private plane. The yeah, private that's plane what I'm club. thinking. That's what I'm thinking. Uh, I do. I, I did put in for. We will see. I did put in for club level tickets. I mean, we we Ooh. we uh, decided to try that. You Have saw you, where saw where the bowl game is. Uh, Auburn sold its allotment. That doesn't make me feel as confident about our getting. Have, the uh, the club level. Have seats. you ever been to the football stadium in Nashville? No, I have not. So so as a matter of fact, I have because earlier this year, Media Days, uh, they sent us one of the. Oh, that's uh, right. You got a tour, didn't you? One of one of the events was a a very brief tour, but what they did was they took, I guess they have an event space upstairs with, uh, uh, you know, par- partially including the concourse, but they they set up an area where the you know they they had a little they had a buffet and a bar. And let let folks eat and drink and uh, and chat. I uh, yeah, I was, got, got to talk with some of the some of the Georgia guys and stuff, and it was no, it was nice. So, uh, that was I believe that event was hosted by I think maybe it was the Titans, but I, also, yeah, I think it was. But I think the Music City Bowl was maybe. Yeah, I, I remember I remember that being on the agenda. Didn't yeah. you know I, I wasn't able to go, but I I remember that deal. Yeah, so so I, so I I ate my share of you know hot chicken sandwiches and what have you, but it was uh, no a. a, a a nice event. It seems like a pretty cool stadium. I know that's the stadium is in its last few years of existence because I believe there's a new. I think there's Drew. Do you know this one? There's a new Nashville stadium scheduled for. I think, I I think it's by the end of the decade. They're they're going to have replaced the one that the Music City Bowl is uh, is is currently going to, uh, to to play in. But yeah, I think I think that'll be a. Uh, that's a. There there are a lot of advantages to Auburn playing in Nashville for folks who want to go and for oh yeah folks who uh, who live in Nashville who, who get to see the team. Let's see, a couple of little uh, recruiting notes, uh, and we could try to get into this uh, on the other side. Um, a player that Auburn has been pursuing for quite a while, and the you know I think some folks had said, well, it's still going to be tough to get him away, even though Texas A&M replaced Jimbo Fisher. Cohen Eccles, a, a big offensive lineman from Katy, Texas, has been committed to A&M for quite a while. Earlier today, he announced he has decommitted and reopened his uh, recruiting up 100%. You'd have to feel that is good news for Auburn. Now, he's more a guard. He's in the 6'3", 290 range, something like that, very highly touted. Um, top 200 player, four-star on just about every um, on every list. So there's another high schooler, because I know we, we've had calls going, who's Auburn going after on the offense? Auburn's going after a lot of offensive linemen. They have DeAndre Carter committed. Uh, they're definitely going after Eccles, and uh, they, they have been recruiting quite a few offensive linemen through the transfer portal. I be- let's see. How about this, Bill? Yeah, I'm going to give you a chance to make a prediction here. When the show starts Monday, will Auburn have landed a commitment in the portal? Hmm. I don't know. They, I think they only have one or two portal guys coming in this weekend. Now, they had the Bedford 
offensive lineman in the other day. Yeah, I'll, I'll go out on the limb and say yes. Yeah, I think I think yeah. I think there's I'll a say, chance I'll that say by, yes. God, so by the way, some of these guys might not visit. Right. Some of these guys may have visited at a high school. Yep. Some of these guys may know enough guys on the team. Uh, no, it sounds like I think by uh, by Monday, and, and we're not hearing. Uh, it, it's I mean I mean I, I'm not gonna venture a prediction as to who it's going to be, but I think by uh, by Monday Auburn uh, could, could absolutely land uh, one, one or two uh, transfer portal players, uh, incoming transfer portal players. All right, we'll get to our final break of hour number one. Again, Sonny Smith going to be joining us at the top of the hour. We'll run the Jacob Goins interview with Dylan Cardwell. Tiger takes at the bottom of the hour. We'll try to get in calls. Love for you to join in. 334-321-1390 here on the Friday Drive. Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive here on this Friday late afternoon. Bill and Dan with Drew at the controls. Uh, some players that are visiting this weekend, like I said, they're there are some um, some transfer portal uh, visitors this weekend. I believe uh, Harmon, the defensive tackle uh, transfer, is visiting this weekend. A high school defensive lineman visiting this weekend. L.J. McCray, another of those. Man, how many decommitments have there been for the Florida Gators? This has been an, uh, just a terrible time for Florida L.J. McCray, a five-star defensive lineman from Daytona Beach, 6'6", 260, who, is, uh, who has been committed to Florida for quite a while, ranked uh, nationally as the number six player in the nation, the number two defensive lineman in the nation. He will be visiting this Auburn, uh, visiting Auburn this weekend. What did I say, visiting this Auburn? Visiting Auburn this weekend. Not, not that Auburn. Yeah, that Auburn. Auburn, the other Auburn. No, he'll be visiting this Auburn. That's right. He'll be visiting Auburn this weekend. And uh, it looks like uh, uh, another former Florida commit who flipped to Auburn and Jamonta Waller is going to be here um, trying to help recruit him to Auburn. Where would you be if you were a Florida fan? On Napier, would it be? We got to. I a would move? be on the edge. I mean, that 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 cliff. I'd be looking down you wanna, right now. Because here's it's the like, thing: you don't want to make a coaching change now. No, is a really tough move too. This was the only thing that was looking pretty mm. good for Florida. Was oh well, at least he's recruiting pretty well, and they're losing them just right and left. Auburn's got a shot at uh, Amaris Williams too, the uh, defensive end who has. Been uh, who has decommitted from Florida. So I mean, Auburn Auburn is uh, going heavy defensively, but if they can pluck three of Florida's best defensive recruits away from them, they already have one. And uh, L.J. McCray's in this weekend, and Williams will visit as well. Is it, was it was an Auburn linked to a Florida lineman who went in the portal too? Was I, w- I want to say that was uh, that that was the case? So there was a, there was an interaction on social media uh, between. Yeah, yeah. Was that? Um, I'll see if I can get a name too, but that yeah, because there's, 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 um, there's also players who jumped into the portal from Florida. That, that there have been. It's like I said, they were losing them, losing them right and left, losing all kinds of players from their roster, players that they have. Uh, um, that that they've had committed, so yeah, it's it's a it, it's it's an unbelievable number there. Um, yeah, I don't have the list in front of me of all the guys 
that have – I'll have to go back to my old uh, uh, portal tracker and, and go back a couple of days and see if I can find those. But, uh, but yeah, it, it, this will be a big weekend, but next weekend I think is going to be the huge weekend recruiting-wise because Auburn will be going through bowl practice um, and it will be the, the really the last weekend before – um, signing day. Chris McClellan. I was going Chris somebody, but I couldn't think of it. Chris McClellan was the uh, was the uh, t- two years at Florida, uh, uh, twenty two stops, uh, f- fifteen pressures. You know other things. Brandon Olson with those stats, but uh, but yeah, he play- played two years at Florida, and and shortly after going into the portal, uh, went on social media and said that he had an offer from Auburn. Yeah, uh, Auburn's Auburn's jumped on. Uh, well, defensive lineman they need Auburn. Uh, we we've talked about it. There's just not much depth there, and that is. You know, with the question about whether Marcus Harris stays or is gone, and um, even with Marcus Harris, they still need more bodies there along the defensive front. And they're working. There's no question about it. They're really working trying to bring players in. Uh, Auburn's got uh, – they've got another offensive tackle, I believe. Um, Seth Wilfred, the junior college offensive tackle, is supposed to be in this weekend as well. So those are some of the guys that will be in uh, this weekend. We'll uh, talk some basketball with Coach Sonny Smith as we get things started in hour number two. So stick with us here on the Friday Drive. The following is an Auburn Network production. Sports capital of Alabama. This is the drive. The drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334 321 1390, toll free at 888 382 7502, or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome into hour number two of the Friday Drive. Hope everybody doing well. Bill and Dan with Drew at the controls here on this uh, Friday evening. And uh, we've got Auburn basketball tomorrow against Indiana over in Atlanta. Hoops giving. Auburn's third straight year there. Auburn is, as a matter of fact, their fourth time at Hoops giving. They're two and one. There have been some, if you've been watching these neutral site games, even with big names, there have been some lightly attended basketball games. There was a we referenced the Florida Baylor game on the Observer podcast, and I watched a little bit of Florida versus Baylor. That was late last month, and they played that game in Brooklyn in front of I think it was fewer than two thousand people in a huh. in a fourteen thousand seat NBA arena. And so you know there, there are some uh, yeah some of these tournament games you know just yeah you, you've seen that there there hasn't been a ton of uh, you know there hasn't been a ton of attendance to the neutral sites Auburn. I mean, I thought the crowd in South Dakota looked pretty impressive, and crowd in Brooklyn was pretty good. Was I pretty mean, good. it's like yeah, and and I, you know, and, and tomorrow I would expect a, it's going to uh, be going to be a big crowd again, l- loud partisan Auburn crowd for uh, for and, and there's a lot of Indiana alums. You know, there's a lot mm-hmm. of a lot of Indiana fans out there too. We've been saying like that's a that's a program. We're going to talk with someone who fully understands. How, how big of a deal Indiana basketball is? Maybe some younger fans that go, ah, "What's uh, what's the big deal about Indiana basketball?" Uh, let yeah, let's let's go to the drive hotline and welcome in one of our favorites 
and that is Auburn analyst, Hall of Fame coach, Sonny Smith. Sonny, how are you doing today? I'm great. Hope you guys are. Oh, we're doing fine. Yeah, I mean, there there's some younger fans that I, I guess it, it's sort of like we were talking about this yesterday too, Dan. Is it uh, sort of like uh, Nebraska football or, you know, something like that where uh, they, they have a great history, haven't been that uh, that great program recently, but, uh, you know, Bruce really – really uh, speaking very highly of, cause of course he grew up um, and, and competed, you know, against and saw, and you did as well, Indiana, when they were really in their glory. Oh yeah. I coached in Indiana in high school. And at the time that I coached in Indiana in high school, high school basketball was more popular than college basketball was. And this was before Bobby Knight, uh-huh. and this was before uh, Eddie, who, who uh, I cannot call his first name, but they had not put Purdue and Indiana on the map in basketball. And everybody was a high school basketball fan as opposed to Indiana, but all that changed with Bobby Knight. But it hadn't changed the uh, love and, and the, the type of basketball that's played in Indiana high school basketball games. No, I went there. Somebody said, why did you go to Indiana? You know, you're a country boy. I went to Indiana to learn how to coach. And I say that, and that's because around the country, from a reputation standpoint, Indiana high schools had the best of anybody. Yeah, you think of, you know, of of uh, uh, the Midwest, and that's really, that's what you think. I think more basketball, especially on the high school level, uh, the, there in the in the Midwest and and yes Indiana looking to get back to the uh, the glory times they th- this is going to be quite a challenge for Auburn tomorrow Sonny I mean um, an Auburn team that's looking to find its shooting stroke really as a team. Well, I think we both said this. I've said it on the air, and I'm sure you have too. On the nights that Auburn shoots the ball collectively, uh, they can beat anybody. On the nights that they don't, anybody can has a chance against them. Uh, they they're same size around in the number of positions, and you know you say, well, we can't out hide them, or we uh, out height them, or we cannot get smaller than they do at times because we're pretty much the same size type ball club. But this ball club on the nights that they shoot is very impressive and, and can beat anyone. Dan, just uh, pulling up a box score. I don't I don't know how excited you are to to uh, relive the box score. But I believe the last time these teams played was uh, was was back in uh, 87. Did we win? <laughs> that, that was that was in the that was an NCAA tournament matchup uh, in Indiana victorious 107-90. Yeah, that was yeah. an unbelievable offensive yeah, game. Yeah, I knew I already knew but I, <laughs> I was trying to be funny. Coach, I'm going to tell you what. Uh, Bobby Knight had a great team and I, I was thinking that there's no way we can hold because they were better defensive basketball team than they were in offense. So I thought that we'd try to run with them and try to score more than they did. If we scored well, but we couldn't we couldn't prevent them from. There were some really good teams on that Indiana team back in the day. Of course, we were playing we were playing that tournament in Indiana, by the right. way. And the two referees were from Carmel, Indiana. <laughs> that doesn't help. 
No, that didn't no help kidding. any. <laughs> when I looked up there, we were playing in Indianapolis, and here's officials from Carmel, Indiana, and we're playing in Indiana. I said, this ain't going to be a good day, boys. Go, coach, and, I, and, and we may have asked you this earlier in the season, but but what what was your uh, what was your relationship like with Coach Knight? Because you know, I know he passed away it was, uh, re- recently enough, and, uh, and and he's somebody. See, it seems like a lot of folks in the coaching community uh, had had stories and memories of, uh, of of Bobby Knight. It was good with Bobby Knight, and the reason I say so is because Don DeVoe, that I had worked for at Virginia Tech, and Bobby Knight were teammates at Ohio State. So uh, during the time that I was coaching as an assistant at Virginia Tech, Bobby Knight would come to visit and actually put on a clinic for Virginia coaches during the Virginia State basketball clinics. And I knew him well from that. And uh, it it might sound crazy to say this, and you say it about a lot of people, but he was a different guy off the court. Yeah, a lot. He was uh, fun to be around, funny guy, and and, uh, very friendly. Uh, he wasn't anything like he was on the court because I played him in both, you know, as 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 an assistant and as a head coach. Yeah, he wasn't uh, he he wasn't too uh, fun loving on the court. I mean, it was all business and, no. and extremely serious. No. But I mean, a lot of a lot of folks are like, it's good to be able to uh, to have that that different persona and not be not have to carry that all the time. Of course, um, the sunny sunny is sunny. Sunny was uh, I mean, you're you're. Uh, you're a little. You were a little closer on the court to what your off the court persona was and is. I didn't change or make myself be different for any degree to gain publicity for that. You know, to act more professional or to be more hard nosed or less hard nosed. I just tried to do my job and and let the people make the decision on those kind of things. But I think I think what it's a good thing to be. Uh, a guy like, let's say, Bobby Knight. They always look at him in a different way, how tough he was. He established a reputation mm-hmm. not based so much on on his talent as the type of guy that he was. And you can be either one if you're willing to work at it, and uh, I, I think that he did. Coach, even if you were a different guy, we wouldn't make you break character here here on the uh, on, on the show, right? So you're secretly just the way you are, yeah, the old Billy Joel song. Se- what... Secretly a huge grouch, you know, Coach Coach Sonny no. Smith, right? He just, oh, golly. He just does, no, that's not that's not the no, case. Not uh, at whatsoever. all. So so Coach, uh, team trying to bounce back from the loss at App State, uh, and and it's a game where you had runs where Auburn looked really impressive on offense and yeah. on defense. There were also moments. Uh, where, where it seemed like the team had a long way to go. Where, where uh, what did you think of of what you saw? All right, against, now against this Boone? this may sound a little crazy, but I think I've said it on your on your show before. When this team shoots, they can beat anybody. When this team doesn't shoot, they can get beat by anybody because of same size, not a post, not a tall post protector type of guy. Uh, same size type of ball club, and they got to be making shots to win. And the nights that they're not making shots, it's going to be a close game. And I don't think that uh, I don't think that's any way a negative statement because there's a lot of teams out there on the nights that they shoot that they can beat you. Yeah, now uh, for Auburn, I mean, a couple of guys. It's been been a bit of a surprise, been a little bit of a struggle for uh, for Denver Jones here. You know, trying to get the stroke, maybe yeah. just sort of fitting in and and getting his shots. He was a guy that you know. Sometimes when you get these players that have been the man somewhere else, uh, I think he's 
fit in and played well defensively, just really unable to to get things clicking the way we sort of expected there. Yeah, I think the best thing when you bring in guys, maybe transfers or or, or uh, uh, players that uh, have been somewhere else and come in and in some situation, junior college, that type of thing. I think there is a period of adjustment that takes place. Very rarely do you see them come in and be the player that they were uh, when they left this situation uh, from junior college. I, I think it takes them a while to adjust to the coach. I also think it takes them, takes them a while to adjust to the league they're in. And competition, even though we all try to avoid saying it, competition level at, diff- at some leagues are different than others. What? And you uh, – You've got to you've got to make that adjustment uh, on uh, how to play in the league that you're in. You know, one of the things we were worried about coming in though was defense, and I think this team has has played pretty well defensively, maybe better than than uh, Bruce or a lot of people had had expected at least to this point. Yeah, well, the one thing about it to win, you got to be able to shoot the ball, and you can play great defense and still get beat, but you better you better place your defense on uh, the number one item because most people, you think about it, most people that beat you, beat you with a three-point shot. And you, when you've got to create an upset, you've got to beat somebody with a three-point shot. So this is not this is not a game but throw it inside and get what you can. It's, a, it's throw it inside and throw it back outside for a three is the attitude that we face here. I don't know if you all agree with that or not, but no, you're people right. are looking – People are looking to score from uh, three than more so than they are for two because it counts. Even though I failed math three states, I figured that one out pretty quick. Well, this it's, is a team. Uh, I was going to go say. I was going to say this Indiana team is a team that doesn't do that much. They don't shoot many threes, and uh, they've got they have a a a big physical front line that I think yeah. is going to be quite a challenge for for Janai Broom and the Auburn front court. Well, if if you don't shoot the three well, uh, I think you got to become a team that uh, plays the half court offense just a little bit longer. You lo- you love to go inside out. You uh, try to uh, you try to create uh, fouling situations by uh, screen rescreen type of things. And uh, if you you get those things going on the night that you're shooting, you're okay. But it's an offense that can keep you in the game if you don't. If that makes any sense. I, I think if you're a wide-open, all-out scoring team, on the night that you're off, you've got to have something to switch to. And, and I think the best way to do it is to control the ball and get shots for your shooters in the best situation you can with the, running the clock down. Coach, what are the benefits of playing a challenging schedule in November, December, especially with a team that has some new pieces like this Auburn team does? You know, Is, is that something that speeds up the development and gets the team more ready for the, for the first yeah. week of conference play and, and, and the, the, the gauntlet they have after that? Well, that's a good question. I think it goes in a lot of different ways. Uh, the coach's contract creates a way he plays to a certain degree. And the players, uh, keeping yourself in the game by slowing the game down, by working the ball, that type of thing, or uh, killing people from three that's going better than you are two, that type of thing. There's so many... There's so many changes to this game today that the bigger winners are the people that combine the three with the inside game. 
you can't divide you can in my opinion i don't think you can design the inside game with the three-point shot you'll come out a little bit closer but it'll be a little bit better with with inside outside and i think is the way to play the game today if i'm making any sense as opposed to going inside out and uh, if you have a team that doesn't shoot the ball well and you can score down inside then go inside out but if you're going to live with a three you better you better live high and shoot a lot of them so that you can you can make teams have to repair a little bit different well, Auburn's going to shoot more than Indiana unless something crazy happens. Auburn's shooting about, averaging about 23 attempts, three-point attempts a game. Indiana's about half that. So they're going to, they're going to yeah. focus inside. And, and, and that's where, uh, you know, Janai is it's uh, going to be the big challenge for him to, to see what he can do, not get in foul trouble. I know Bruce said yeah, he's, got, he's got 10 fouls to give against those big guys. But, boy, you hope Janai doesn't you know, doesn't get into any kind of foul trouble because they really need his inside game. Well, you know, if you think about it, inside out is still a good way to play because inside out creates more fouls than outside in. Very rarely you're going to see them fouling three-point shooters a lot more than they foul people driving or making good post moves around the basket. Inside out uh, puts puts you in in a situation where you may foul a little bit more you need free throw shooters in that regard. Outside in, uh, you better you better in, be a team that can make the shot, but you can also rebound, rebound the three point shot and get some second shots if that makes any sense. And I think you got to design a team based on what what you have that's going to get you the best opportunities. One of the things that we've talked about all year, and Bruce has talked about, I mean, the depth that Auburn has. Um, we we've had some questions this week from folks wondering. Uh, should, should Auburn perhaps cut back from the 10 and then an 11th man getting a little bit of playing time to more of an 8 or 9? I mean, I, I don't know that Bruce wants to do that. You look in there, six players averaging seven points or more, but uh, so, some folks wondering if it's difficult for players to really get in a rhythm when they're uh, being subbed out as much as, as Auburn's yeah. doing. You can't, make that, you can't make that decision early. You got to let them fire it away inside out, outside in. But as you go closer to league play, you got to establish what your strengths are. If it's inside inside, do it. If it's inside out, if it's outside in, you got to you got to decide what your strengths are. And then the second thing you have to do on that, I'm not running around it. Scout report makes a lot of difference on how you attack teams. And when you you get a team that you can beat inside out. You need to do that uh, and get them in foul trouble and get rid of the people that they got. Very rarely, no matter how, how bad a team is, they don't foul three-point shooters very much. And But if you go inside out, they do. Uh, inside makes you almost have to foul to stop a guy if he if you're not dropping people on, on and, and taking away the dribble, so to speak, inside. But... I think inside out is 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 the way I'd prefer to play because I want to be able to hit the three, but also be able to go two when they take them away. So, what do you think the keys are for Auburn tomorrow against uh, Indiana, Coach? I don't know, and I hesitate to say that because I know nothing about Indiana this time. And from a standpoint of keeping up with the leagues far and away, I do know this, and I've said it on your show before: on the nights that Auburn shoots. 
they're going to win because they do the other things extremely well. Mm-hmm. They rebound long rebounds well. They rebound short rebounds well. They, they don't turn game. it over that much. And they don't, that's a good point. That's a better point than what I just said. They do not turn the ball over. And they don't play a slow game. No. You know, a lot of times you say, well, if I'm uh, to keep them turned over, I'm going to play half-court slowdown kind of thing, move the ball around a number of times before we shoot it. Hey, they don't do that. But they they – they they're a very good defensive ball club that they can they can defend very well without fouling. Coach wanted to ask about the news earlier this week that Cliff Ellis has decided to uh, to, to retire as a basketball coach. He was a coastal for uh, for about a decade, but uh, but of course was also the coach at at Clemson, South Alabama, and uh, and spent some time uh, here at Auburn uh, as as well. He was also the coach at my high school, a Niceville High School, uh, way way back in the uh, in the day. But uh, but yeah, Coach Ellis uh, after after a uh, after a long career, uh, calling it earlier this week. Uh, first, when I first met Cliff Ellis, I thought he's one of the best I saw. He had the great half court coaching ability. He had the ability to play up tempo, and he could adjust his defenses from zone to man and still be very effective. I thought uh, I always thought of Cliff Ellis as one of the top coaches you're ever going to have to face, and his career to me has shown that I was pretty much right on that. And he's uh, not only a great person as well, that he's a tremendous basketball coach, and basketball is going to miss a guy like Cliff Ellis. Yeah, you're right. Uh, Sonny, really appreciate you spending a little time with us. Uh, uh, sorry that we interrupted your, your uh, supper a little while ago, but um, really appreciate right. you spending some time with us. Oh, anytime. You guys, you go. I'm, I'm available anytime I'm not eating. <laughs> All right, Sonny, have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye, Coach. Thank you very much. Coach Sonny Smith joining us, uh, as he does. Usually we'll get him a little earlier, but he went to, went to a little early dinner. This evening, and I, so. you know, I love I love coaches' analysis. I know we got to take a break. Uh, I, I know I love coaches' analysis of of the team, of the of this team, and, and what he's seen so far. But when he gets to tell stories about Bobby Knight or Cliff Ellis, like that's so cool, right? Like the oh the, yeah, the no lived, kidding, the lived experiences of that guy mm-hmm. and what he's seen in the in the world of college basketball is just, just fascinating. We'll get to our first break here of hour number two. Come on in and join us, 334-321-1390, as we continue with the Friday Drive. Chandler. Six, seven. And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive here on this Friday evening. Bill and Dan, our thanks to Coach Sonny Smith for joining us. Uh, it'll be Andy Bertram uh, tomorrow. Sonny not making the uh, the trip. Yeah, so, uh, Sonny, Sonny mostly calling home games. Yeah, I, I Sonny, Sonny's and, doing the home games. Have, have they been using uh, – I know they've been using Joe Champy for a couple of those. I don't know if it's been Joe on no, the No, and I'm blank. I think, I, Joe's, mean, I think Joe's been doing uh, – I, I think Joe's been doing men, uh, women's basketball ESPN Plus. Yep, yep. Uh, broadcasts um, this year, and uh, yeah, well, well it, it'll come to you. Bill. No, I mean, I see him. I, I can, and and I, I had his name, and uh, it's uh, it's a rough afternoon, let me tell you. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, Auburn basketball tomorrow. That is, uh, is that a, what? 
Is it one o'clock one tomorrow? O'clock, one o'clock tomorrow. A second because we'll second be in game. South Alabama. The uh, the first game of that day is, uh, I believe, Mississippi State and Tulane play uh, as part of the uh, as, as part of the event. And uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, and so and so that that'll be the early. And I think there's a game afterward. Is it, is it, it might be four. Um, and but but I, I know that's a uh, uh, that that is the. That's Randall Dickey. By Randall, the way. yeah, I was like, I knew it started with an R. It's gonna be uh, Dave. O- it's gonna be Dave O'Brien and Jimmy Dykes on ESPN two. If you're watching the game on television, uh, Andy and uh, Randall Dickey will have the call on the radio, which you can catch tomorrow on Wings ninety four three here here in Auburn. That is right. Uh, we've got a couple of minutes before we get to our bottom of the hour break. Don't forget that special edition of Tiger Takes coming up uh, this evening. Usually. Dylan Cardwell would be with us live on Thursdays. Uh, Things got uh, a little crossways yesterday, and we uh, couldn't get with him. And uh, Jacob Goins spent some time with him this morning. So we'll have Tiger Takes coming up in just a few minutes. First time, uh, and uh, and, and I, I did not realize this, First time in Bruce Pearl's career anywhere that he as a as a head coach as I a believe. head coach yes. that, he's, that he's facing the Indiana Hoosiers didn't didn't face them at Tennessee didn't face them uh, back in the uh, in, in the UW uh, days uh, either so uh, so yeah as, and and this is a guy who you know that's understands. you know that's sort of odd you would have yeah. thought I mean he's had a long coaching career yeah and and this is a guy with a uh, you know with, with with history and ties to the Big Ten and the state of Indiana and so yeah I'm sure it's a, I'm sure it's an important moment for Bruce Pearl. Uh, you know he was he was adamant about Indiana's status as a blue blood as a as a as a uh, as a top tier program uh, when when he was talking to the media earlier this week and and I would think that's a uh, uh, yeah it's it's important for uh, Coach Pearl to get to face uh, a program like Indiana uh, tomorrow in Atlanta. We'll get a phone call in before we get to our bottom of the hour break. Inspector is up. Hey, Specter. Hello, Specter. Hey, Dan. Hey, Bill. Um, Listen, just tuning in. Sorry about that, but uh, listen, I got a quick question. I heard earlier today about a A and M OL offensive lineman that decommitted. Cohen Eccles, yes, that's that's a player that uh, Auburn's been trying to get to visit for quite a while. He's more a guard than a tackle. Uh, I believe he's around six three two ninety out of Katy, Texas. Yes. Oh wow. Okay. Uh, did we ever? Were we ever in the hunt for that IMG Academy out of Florida, that that uh, five-star OL lineman that uh, ended up going to Colorado, I believe? Uh, no, no, Auburn was not. It was uh, Alabama and uh, um, golly, who was the other Florida team? State. Yeah, I think it was Alabama and Florida State were the other two. Florida State. Okay. Any more prospects that I'm missing? Anything? No, I think that's mostly it. I think I think that you know we'll we'll see what uh. Um, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens this weekend and next weekend, but but that's I think you you landed most of the big ones. Okay, sounds good. I'll call you guys Monday then. All right, sounds sounds good, Specter. Appreciate it. Yeah, we're gonna have there the uh, we're gonna have Tiger takes when we uh, come back. Dylan Cardwell uh, talked to Jacob Goings earlier today. We're gonna have uh, that uh, interview for you, and uh, and and then we'll wrap the show up. It's the Friday edition of the Drive. Stick around. And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email us at thedrive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back. Friday edition of The Drive. Dan Peck in the studio. 
Bill here as well. Had to step away for a moment. Drew at the controls. And uh, we, uh, we, we, we tried to talk to Dylan Cardwell yesterday. Uh, he had uh, something that popped up at the last minute, so we rescheduled Tiger Takes. We'll run that interview for you today. Jacob from On the Line talked to uh, Dylan earlier today. Tiger Takes brought to you by the Alsobrook Law Group. When you need assistance, call Zach. He's got your back. Find him on the web at alsolaw.com. And uh, here is Jacob's conversation with Auburn uh, basketball's Dylan Cardwell. Jacob Goins with you on ESPN 106.7 as we sit down for Basketball Tiger Takes as Dylan Cardwell, Auburn Basketball Center, joining us uh, before the team heads over to Atlanta to take on Indiana. Dylan, thanks so much for the time, man, and hope all is well. All is great. Well, uh, just so much going on right now with, with you and this team. You've had a little bit of a break here before you go and play Indiana for the holiday hoops giving. But before we talk about that, we do have to take a little bit of a rewind and go back to last weekend on Sunday uh, when Auburn, when you guys went on the road to Boone, North Carolina to take on App State and you fell a little short uh, there on the road. Walk us through kind of what, what happened there, Dylan. Yeah, you know, it was a great it was a great environment. Um, you know, their fans showed up and showed out. And, you know, I think this was the first time in my experience um, in a non-conference game where, I mean, I thought of the UConn game pretty much where we showed up and we played with a high effort and high energy. We just couldn't, you know, we just couldn't, you know, buy a bucket. You know, our, our team, we showed up and we, we played as energetic as we could, but we just couldn't, we just couldn't hit a shot. And that's kind of what the board game boils down to is who can make shots on the stretch. Um, App State made a couple of big runs. And it seemed like every run that we made would just be counted by their run. So uh, we played good defense. We held them to 68, which is our, our kind of our target um, of 33, 34 points a half. Uh, we did all we could do on the defensive side. It's offense that just wasn't clicking that night. Well, what, what, what is it about the offense that – maybe got you out a little bit of a rhythm there uh, and it may be a couple of games now where the shooting hasn't been quite where you guys were in the previous games and yeah when you hold a team to, to that 68 69 total you feel like you have a good chance to win with so many offensive threats on this team was it something that app state was doing to kind of get you guys out of out of your rhythm no not a thing they were doing i think it was just us you know um really ones that were shooting open shots you know three for 27 you can't win a game you know, shooting 11% from three. Um, you know, if we hit, hit a couple more shots and hit a couple more free throws, you know, we missed 10 free throws. So, mm-hmm. if we hit a couple more of those, each, each both of those shots, you know, I feel like we win that game by a, a pretty good margin. But uh, it wasn't anything they were doing. I think it was just us. I think it had something to do with our mental preparation or something. But we'll get, we'll get the ball rolling sometime. Well, you know, it's so tough to to not only play these these non-conference games against a solid team like App State, but this wasn't just a neutral site like you guys are going to have tomorrow, Dylan. This was on the road, a true road game, and something that this team really hasn't done this year. You played, you know, up in New York against a couple of teams at neutral site, but this was the first true road test, and I think that maybe had something to do with it as well. Yeah, I think so as well. Um, you know, we got a couple. We got a couple young guys on the team. They don't have much experience in time. Um, but like I said, it was, it was a great environment, and it did feel like a like a SEC type game. And like I said, those fans were pretty loud. So I agree. But you know, BP was very adamant about having uh, a road game in the non-conference before we, you know, we won our first road game of the season to be against Arkansas. So. I thought it would pay dividends, even though we lost. It will pay dividends in the in the future. 
Talking with Dylan Cardwell here on ESPN 106.7 for the weekly segment of Tiger Takes here on the Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. You've had a week of practice, basically. I know you guys are going to be traveling and heading over to Atlanta for this holiday hoops giving, but had to be nice to have a, a couple of days off, huh, Dylan, where you didn't have to worry about another game this week. You could kind of focus on the loss and then kind of learn from that and get ready for this holiday hoops giving event to have this time off. Yeah, we have to focus a lot on ourselves and really a lot about, you know, what we did do wrong that um, App State game, but also give us a lot more time to prepare in the scout for Indiana. We scouted for three days rather than just two. And I feel like we'll be much, much sharper this time around. Well, when you start looking at this Indiana team as Auburn taking on Indiana in the Holiday Hoops giving event in Atlanta, what's your breakdown, Dylan, of what this Indiana team looks like on film and what they've done so far throughout this season? Yeah, um, they had some pretty good wins, um, you know, and they competed hard against UConn. So uh, they're a team that's eligible, like this, this, it would, it would, should be ranked, in my personal opinion. Um, they have a pretty good front court. Um, they have decent depth. Uh, should be an exciting game. Um, they have a really lengthy st- starting lineup. I think the smallest player is six uh, three, and you know obviously they have a six, seven foot center. So uh, it'll be a pretty good matchup. They look, they look pretty good on film. Yeah, that uh, seven-foot center, Khalil Ware, who is averaging similar numbers to Janai Broom, and, and you and Broom are going to have your, your hands full with him. What's the uh, Have you and Janai talked about, or do you ever talk about the game plan going in as the centers, as the big guys, on how you're going to shut down a threat like that on the opposing side? Uh, not really. That's really just handled by the coaches. You know, we just go out there and do our assignment, do our job, and realize that, you know, we're fighting to be the best front court in the nation um, each and every game, each and every day, so... Every game's an opportunity to improve that. With the with this team, Dylan, it seems like you guys are having so much fun. Even you know, in in a in a loss like you had this past week, and just the season as a whole, you guys are having a lot of fun. And you, you talk about this in post game press conferences and here on the radio as well. It just seems like you guys are a tight knit group having a lot of fun and and really just a, a unique skill set with this team. What is that relationship like on and off the floor so far this season? Yeah, it's been great. You know, just having a brotherhood of guys, you're always hanging around. There's always guys who are going to be there for you. Um, and, you know, I feel like that translates uh, well on the court and off the court. You know, uh, obviously we leave, we leave the stuff that we deal with on the court and uh, off the court we're all best friends. So, uh, we just want to make sure that we're our, our biggest supporters because we're going to have away games. We don't have any fans, you know, and we have to be there for each other. We need to have that own, you know, energy like we do on the bench. So uh, a lot of that's attributed to the things we did in the summer, like I talked about in the last, in the last episode of these guys hanging out, bowling together, eating together, and making sure they're always together. Well, I think that, that I mean, that, that's going to pay dividends down the, down the stretch, and I think that's what makes – that separates the good teams from the great teams, Dylan, is when you have such – such just togetherness when you can go through a loss like you've had and and you can come together and, and hold each other accountable right that's that's got to happen a ton on this team I would think yeah it does it does and you know every time uh every time a player have a good rotation you know their backup or the guy the guy that's having in for them has their back and we realize that our competition is not each other and our positions we're just the other team and we have to make sure every day that we just make sure every day that you know we're competing as one against another against another team, not each other. 
Right, right. And, and you know, we know we know BP is, is going to be hard on you guys and some of these other coaches on the staff. It's because they want the best from you, and, of course, they love you. But, you know, I always found, too, when I was growing up playing that – there were some people that just couldn't take criticism, right? They took it personally. They couldn't They couldn't take it as what it was and just like, hey, we're trying to be better, as you mentioned, as a team. But that doesn't – there's nobody on this team that gives off that vibe on the forefront of things, Dylan. Yeah, I agree. There's no one that's there there that doesn't really care about – there's no one that here is selfish and cares only about their own success rather than the team's success. And I feel like, you know, this, this, this team is very focused on how much we can stay together throughout the season. Dylan Cardwell joining us on ESPN 106.7 for Tiger Takes. I'm Jacob Goetz talking with him here before Auburn heads over to Atlanta to take on Indiana this weekend. What do these neutral site games mean for you, Dylan, in this team? Do you like playing neutral site in some of these bigger matchups? I love playing neutral site games because it kind of gives me uh, the NBA experience, you know, playing in okay. NBA arena. Yeah. Um, you know, you don't, really get that, you don't get the opportunity much in college. So to say I've been able to play on, you know, two or three or four NBA courts has been a lot to me. And it kind of just helps me visualize uh, me playing at the NBA level, you know, easier. And it's fun. Um, I enjoy it. Uh, I love playing in Atlanta because uh, I'm from the Georgia area. Mm-hmm. And it's just very fun. I love seeing our our our, our um, fans really travel for those games, and I like neutral site games the most just because it kind of it kind of gives our alumni, our, our alums who aren't from Auburn or aren't in the Southeast, to kind of get an experience, the Auburn experience. You know, like those we have Auburn Auburn bases in in Southern California, and Nashville, and uh, New York. So it's, it's just so fun to see those see our Auburn fans throughout the country. Oh, I think they're going to travel this weekend, man. Atlanta's a pretty short drive, and, you know, it's a bus ride or it's a car ride instead of having to hop on a plane and go up to Brooklyn, New York, right? And so um, I think a lot of fans are going to be there. What's the uh, what's the, the family situation for you? How many people are you going to have at the game tomorrow? Do you know? Uh, just my immediate family. Um, so there's my mom, my two brothers, and then I graduate that, that, um, that afternoon. So I'm trying to make it from the game to – graduation that's are you, the game plan are you gonna make it that's gonna be cutting it close uh the game graduation is at 6 p.m the game's at 1 p.m so you know hopefully the game goes two and a half hours and then obviously it's a half an hour an hour and a half drive so i'll be able to make it around you know five-ish <laughs> <laughs> well, but, man. Well, if you look, if you just had to graduate and just walk across the stage in your in your uniform, I think that'd be okay. I don't think anybody would complain. No, I don't think I don't think our president would mind either. So. Uh, hopefully we don't go into overtime or anything. Hopefully we get a regulation win. So. Yeah, hey, that's some extra motivation then. Look, look you just got to say, look, guys, we don't have time for overtime. I got to get back and get my diploma. And, hey, congratulations to you on that, man. That's such a big deal. And, and what does that mean for you to be graduating from Auburn? Oh, I'm so grateful to be an Auburn man. And that's, that, was my biggest, that was my biggest motivation to, to stay here when times weren't, weren't the greatest for me. You know, um, I fell in love with Auburn just because of Auburn and not because of athletics. And so no matter how hard things got here, um, I've always told myself to stay true to, to Auburn. You know, and I, just, I love Auburn. And obviously you've been talking about paying dividends. You know, there's no, there's no family and there's no network like the Auburn family um, in, in post-grad life. So it, was, it, it meant a lot for me to graduate from Auburn. And I just love Auburn so much. And I'm grateful to be here. Uh, this community um, has wrapped its arms around me and is really just treating me like a son. 
uh, my four years here. And, you know, it's, kind of, it's going to be hard for me to leave this place uh, when it's all said and done, uh, just because this is the only home that I feel like I've ever really known. I'm not really big on Augusta like that. You know, my mom always travels up here. I have family here. Uh, my aunt lives 10 minutes from campus. So it's just like my family comes here all the time. So like, I'm never really away from family. So Auburn really just – Auburn has always felt like home since I've gotten here. And, you know, hopefully I'll have a, a house here and a family here one day. That's awesome, man. That's that's really, really – that's so neat to hear you talk about that. And I think a lot of people experience that when they come here, whether they're athletes or students or whatever they're doing here. Uh, it seems like that's just what – I mean, that's what happened for me as well, man. It's just it, – it's a special place. And, look, you love Auburn and the Auburn family, and they love you, brother. I can tell you that, man. You are uh, – you're a fan favorite. It's why we, we're having you here on ESPN each and every week. You're, you're doing such a great job on the floor, off the floor, doing so many great things. And I really liked you your your perspective on playing these neutral side games and playing in NBA venues that's a that's that's next level thinking man not everybody thinks that way but you are and that's really really unique yeah you know uh, I just feel like NBA somebody in the NBA is going to be at the game regardless but you know just because it's a venue as well you never know it's world travels fast so every game's an opportunity especially in these, in these neutral sites to get your name out there Auburn taking on Indiana in Atlanta tomorrow. Dylan, what does your team have to do well to beat Indiana and get another win and get back into the win column? Uh, really just play hard and play with high effort and energy. Um, you know, our shots are going to fall. We're not really worried about shots falling because our guys put in a lot of hard work and a lot of time in on the three-point shots and the free throws. So I trust that that will all even out. But um, – I just feel like if we just bring our energy and bring our physicality that we're capable of bringing, you know, it should be a pretty good game, and we'll get back in that win column. Auburn still in Cardwell, the men's basketball center, joining us here for Tiger Takes on ESPN 106.7 as Auburn gets ready to travel to Atlanta to take on Indiana in the holiday hoops giving. Tiger Takes proudly <laughs> presented by the Alsobrook Law Group on the web at Law. Dot com. Normally a Thursday, and uh, but Dylan unable to uh, be with us yesterday. So thanks to Jacob for interviewing him today for this special edition of Tiger Takes. We'll get to our final break of the afternoon. Still time for you to join in. 334-321-1390 as we wind it down on the Friday Drive. Experience. 